church. How's everybody doing, friends and family? If we can make our way back to our seats so we can give the Lord a shout of praise in this room tonight. Can we just give him a shout? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited because we all need Jesus, right? We all need to gain what he has for us. So if we can all get ready to stand up as we enter into worship. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Father, I ask that you allow us all to just empty ourselves right now, Father. Father, we want nothing but you tonight. We, don't, we want nothing but you tonight, Father. Father, I, I ask that your spirit just fall f- fresh on us right now, Lord, and allow us just to be renewed, restored. Allow us to feel what you want for us tonight, Father. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do in this room tonight, Lord. And I ask that you just continue to make us whole. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen.
the shadows, when the shadows, they come around, in the valleys, going down, you are with me, I'm not afraid, you're my comfort, you're here to stay. touch each and every person in here tonight. Lord, I pray that we would leave here with more faith, more strength, a greater revelation of, of your love for our lives. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. May your joy, may your peace, May your prosperity, may your healing rest upon each and every person in this church. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys may be seated. We're going to go ahead and we're going to 
take today's offerings. If I could have the ushers come forward. I would just ask you to just pray about what the Lord would have you give and just be faithful to that. Your giving makes an eternal impact. Your giving supports what we do as a church, what we do as a ministry. The help that we give to our community. The men's home, the women's home, all the stuff we do. Uh, all our... All our but your giving goes to support that. And when you link your giving up, what you're doing is you're linking your income, you're linking your job up with a greater purpose. So now my purpose and my income isn't just to buy me clothes or to just pay my rent or something like that. The money that I get, it's going to flow towards God's purposes. And as you flow towards God's purposes, God has a way of flowing it back to you. There's an old saying that they always used to say in church. You can't outgive God. You can try, but you can't outgive Him. If you would like to give uh, electronically, there's a QR code on the bulletins. Uh, you can just scan that with your phone, and that'll pull up a link that you can give electronically. A lot of people prefer to do that. Don't carry a lot of cash around with them. Um, Lord, thank you for uh, thank you for being our great provider. Lord, and I thank you that everything we need, the, the renovation of this church, the expansion of the parking lot, the renovation of the kitchen, the finishing of the, the Hope's Haven, everything that you know that we have to do, and even the retiring of the debt on this building, Lord, we know that it is not your will for us to be in debt. Lord, so I thank you that you are providing for us even now supernaturally, Lord, and I Thank you for all the hands that give, Lord, and I pray that you would bless all of their needs through your riches and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, and as the guys make their way around, I just wanted to give you guys just a couple quick reminders. Um, we originally did have a worship night scheduled tomorrow night. That was to be a, a fundraiser for the... LA missions trip that is going to be canceled so we're not going to do that so um, you're welcome to show up tomorrow if you want but um, you know you might be by yourself worshiping to the glory of God and that's okay if that's what you want to do but we won't have a worship night uh, tomorrow night uh, Monday night celebrate recovery uh, seven o'clock any, anyone with a hang-up, hurt, or habit, or if you just need a place to go. I've, there's been times where I just had one of those days. You ever have just one of those days? <laughs> and I'm like, I need to get around some good people. I need some people to be there, to pray with me, to kind of encourage me, to tell me it's going to be all right. Um, also, um, Wednesday night is our Bible study, 7 o'clock. The kids can make their way back to their classes if they would like. Miss Sherry is back there, so uh, you can make your way back. Um, so Bible study is at 7 o'clock. Um, also, um, I have some papers in the back. Um, so this is a serve team sign-up. If you'd like to get more involved, you know, that the goal for all of us is, you know, we get saved, we give our life to Christ, and then... We get involved in the work of the ministry, and, and as we all get involved, everybody's got different gifts and talents that come to bring, so 
I would just encourage you to fill one of these sheets out if you'd like to get a little bit more involved and you can just fill it out in the back and put it in the back. Danny wants one so he wins a prize. We'll give you an extra communion cup or something on Sunday. But yeah, get involved with that so you can fill them out. Those will be um, in the back. Everybody bring their Bibles with them, I hope, or maybe you have the Bible app on your phone. We're going to be in Luke 17, verses 26 and 27 is where we're going to start tonight. Welcome to Friday Night Live. I love preaching to, on Friday night, even though um, at this moment there's not as many people um, in here as normally are on a Sunday. I know that what you have is you have the people that are dedicated and the people that are hungry that would come out on a Friday night. So um, I'm excited and uh, we're rocketing towards spring, right? Just another 10 days or so towards spring, although it doesn't feel like it. The weather forecast still looks really cold, but the 20th, I believe, is the first day of spring. So we're kind of making our way out of, um, out of winter. And um, we're in the, the season of, we're in the season called Lent, right? Lent starts 40 days before um, Resurrection Sunday. And, um, you know, Resurrection Sunday, we have Good Friday before that. You know, we focus on, you know, the cross of Christ. And because the, the cross of Christ is sort of central uh, to the, the Christian faith, um, I wanted to go through the Bible and I wanted to show how uh, the Bible, this book, um, it's not two separate books, it's not two separate, separate stories, it's one unified story and every page of this book points towards Jesus Christ. Not everybody realizes it, but that's what we're going to, that's really what we're looking through. We're looking through some of these Old Testament examples and showing how they pointed to the work that Jesus Christ would come and eventually do. So we call this series, The Shadows of the Cross. But we're going to start in Luke uh, with the words of Jesus. Luke 17, 26 and 27. It says, As it was in the days of Noah... So it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Nice cheery verse of scripture for everybody tonight. Lord, I pray that you would add a blessing to your word. Lord, I pray that uh, maybe some of us would be shaken um, out of our complacency. Lord, and we would uh, realize the urgency of the season that we're in. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, my message tonight is entitled, It's Beginning to Rain. It's Beginning to Rain. When I was um, about 10 years old, we have a, we have a hunting camp um, up towards Bradford, PA. That's way up north. If you ever want to see where the coldest, you know, on the weather maps of like the coldest area in Pennsylvania. It's usually up in Bradford. It's, it's pretty mountainous up there. Um, it's very close, maybe 20 minutes or so from uh, the New York border. And I remember I was traveling and I was, uh, we were going up to, 
to do some work on our hunting camp and I was with my dad and I was with my dad's friend and um, we stopped in a, in a town called Kane, Pennsylvania. Everybody, anybody here been to Kane, PA? All right, a couple people been there to Kane, PA. Not a whole lot going on up there in Kane, but um, shortly before we got there, there was an F4 tornado that had just ripped through um, the town. And before that time, um, even growing up, I can remember like being little at that time, everybody believed that you couldn't have tornadoes in Pennsylvania. Because they would say that, you know, that there was too many hills. There was too many mountains. There was too many hills. And, you know, the tornado would break up on the hills. So there was a common belief that, you know, you didn't have to worry about tornadoes in Pennsylvania. And I found an, an old article from the newspaper, the Bradford Era. And it was uh, going back and, and talking about what had happened there. And it says that, um, that night they knew there was storms and there was uh, hurricane warnings from different parts of the state and the people said that all of a sudden everything just got still. Uh, it was like everything just got still at once and then the next thing they know they, they heard a sound that sounded like a train was just racing towards them and then they said it just got super windy and, and a lot of people ran down into uh, their garages and just a few minutes later 53 houses were completely destroyed along with several businesses um, three people were dead because of the tornado and a whole bunch of people got got injured and we had uh, come through about two days after um, this had happened and we we parked the, the truck and um, and you know, again, I was like 10 years old and we're, we're walking through and we're walking up one of the roads that was like the most hit by the tornadoes. And I can still remember the scene. It was like this tornadoes just ripped these houses right off the foundation. I mean, so you just had foundations with no houses. And it was like this tornado just like ripped all these houses up like and then just like mixed everything like together and then just spread it out all around the neighborhood. So in everybody's yards, you had just piles of siding and porch furniture, you know, some of the neighbor's house, some of your house, some of this guy's house. And it was just, it was like a disaster. And, and I can remember just a look on people's faces as I was walking around, just sitting there kind of in shock, like how could this have happened? And why did this happen and how am I going to start over? How could I recover and, and rebuild? And, and I don't know if you've ever been in the middle of a natural disaster like that or been there like right after they happen. Stuff like that can be pretty scary. It can be very scary as a matter of fact. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, talked or, or had seen on the news that um, on the border of Turkey and Syria, there was one of the worst earthquakes, 7.8 uh, magnitude earthquake. They said 53,000 people uh, died because of this earthquake. I mean, they said that the ground began shaking so violently, it was just like buildings just began falling. And most of the people that, that died, they, they were in buildings, and the buildings just literally... 
um, collapsed on them. And as, as scary as that is and as horrible as something like that is, there's one disaster that's uh, in the Bible that's worse than any have ever anything that's ever happened in recorded history. And we call it the flood of Noah. And it's recorded in Genesis chapter 6. And it's kind of crazy to me that this is like, you know, the, the kind of go-to like Sunday school story. You know, it's like the ones that, you know, the kids get the little Bible play sets with like, oh yeah, it's a Noah's Ark, you know, play sets. And I even went to, a, a, there's a, a big church out in California, Florence Avenue Foursquare Church, and they had just built a, a new kids ministry. And, and on all the walls, it had like Noah's Ark you know, wallpaper, you know, wallpaper that had like all Noah's Ark and, and people think it's all, you know, cute and everything. But I mean, if you really understand the story that's in Genesis chapter 6, I mean, it, it's kind of quite terrifying when you think that every living thing that was on the earth at that time died except for Noah, his family, and the animals that made their way on the ark. And the reason why it's worth studying and looking at um, the, the, the story of the flood and, and what it was like back then is because Jesus said that there is a day for this world that judgment is coming. And he said that the days leading up to that day, which he calls the coming of the Son of Man, the day when Jesus comes back, that it's going to be like the days of Noah, people eating, people drinking, people uh, getting married, people carrying out relationships. In, in other words, people are completely unaware of the calamity that's going to happen. And Jesus said that no one knows the date or the time. So I, I'm not here to uh, say that it's going to happen next week or next year or whenever it's going to happen but he didn't say we would know the time but he said know the season that you're in know the season that you're in and you know there's going to be people who are going to be aware of this message that you know one day that Jesus is going to come back and that he is going to judge the world and he is going to put down the rebellion and he is going to put an end to the wickedness of the world but there's going to be people that are just going to be like oh here we go again here goes the jesus freaks again talking about doomsday talking about the end of the world they've been talking about the end of the world this time and that time when it was world war ii they thought it was the end of the world and when uh, this happened they thought it was the end of the world and and they're just going to totally blow it off but then one day suddenly judgment is going to come People also said that tornadoes couldn't happen in Pennsylvania. Remember that. And one day, within three minutes, the tornadoes came and there was massive destruction. And I'm sure at Turkey, the day before those uh, earthquakes happened, it was probably just like any other day. People were going to the store. People were going out to eat dinner. They were doing the stuff that normally they would do. And all of a sudden the ground just began to shake. It was just like any other day. Then all of a sudden, within a minute, calamity started to happen. 
And so this flood that we're talking about in the book of Genesis, it didn't happen because of global warming. It didn't happen because of climate change. It didn't happen because there was too much CO2 in the atmosphere. It didn't, it, it didn't happen um, because of fracking. The reason that this happened was because God himself declared that it was going to happen. And so the question that has to be asked is, why would a good God, right? The Bible says that God is love. Why would, what would make God want to destroy his creation? Let's read about it. Genesis chapter 6. Uh, if you can't find the book of Genesis in your Bible, just open it up and keep turning pages. Eventually you'll get there. Genesis chapter 6, we're going to be in verse 5. If you're there, say amen. amen. It says, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And the Lord was very sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. Now, if you were here on Sunday, we, we started looking at the fall of man in the garden. People will often look at the world and say, well, if there is a God, then why is the world so messed up? Right? That's a common thing. But the reality of it is, is that God didn't make the world messed up. He made the world good. And he made man in his, like, in his own likeness, in his own image, and he gave man free will. To follow him or not to follow him. And he put boundaries on him in the garden. And, and, and we talked about how, you know, the, the, the serpent came in and, and, got, um, and got Eve to, to doubt God's word. And, and, got, him to, and got her to doubt God. And, and Adam kind of co-signed with her. And, and before you knew it, all this bad stuff came into the world. Sin came into the world and so that brought death and and with that it, it brought a a separation from God where man was kind of in this loving relationship with God where God would literally come down in the garden and and be with him in the cool of day now all of a sudden they were hiding from God and it also fractured man's relationship with one another especially between men and women and and husbands and wives and but but just with one another as as evil came in now that that man had the knowledge of good and evil and and evil came inside the the, the man it just continually got worse and i wish that i could say well you know what they messed up and you know the, they got right back on track they said all right we messed up we better get back on track but but the Bible doesn't read out like that. As a matter of fact, within one generation, you have uh, Cain and Abel, uh, descendants of, 
Adam and Eve and one brother ends up killing the other brother and you have recorded the first murder and then you have other people in the lineage. You have like this guy by the name of Lamech and at this point he's bragging about um, his violent actions and, and the whole entire earth is full of violence. And, it, and it, it got so bad at that time that it says that God says that he was sorry that he ever even made man on the earth. It's kind of a, a strange thing. I, I don't really know like how we can explain this because obviously God knows the end from the beginning, right? He's outside of time. He, he knows it all, but still in this moment, there's a grieving heart to say, I wish that I didn't even create man. Look what he's become. And I was wondering, like, what, what could we even compare this to? And, you know, you think about a, a, a woman who maybe, you know, meets a nice guy and gets in relationship with him and, you know, and... You know, like they always say, you know, for the first six months, you're just dealing with the person's representative. And they, you know, she meets this nice guy and all of a sudden she thinks, wow, you know, this, this might be the, the guy that God sent me. And they get in a relationship and everything's beautiful. And, and she thinks that, you know, that, that this is the person that they're going to spend their life with. And all of a sudden something happens and the person becomes abusive or they get hooked on alcohol or drugs and all of a sudden this relationship becomes a nightmare and she's kind of like, I wish I would have never got into that relationship. I wonder if that's how it was with God. I know it was even deeper. It was much deeper um, than that. And, but once again, in, in the midst of darkness, verse 8 kind of brings us some hope. Verse 8, it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, when I, when I read that passage, I just, I thought about the, the, the passage from the book of Romans that says where, where sin did abound, how much more did grace abound? And, and I'm so thankful for the grace of God in my life. When I was in a dark place, when I was in a dark place in my life, a dark place in my relationship when I was bound up in drugs and alcohol the grace of God found me there was that my life was full of darkness full of hopelessness but there was this glimmer of grace that happened in my life where God found me and and I imagine that in the middle of where everything's evil and everything's dark and it looks totally hopeless there's one man who found grace in the eyes of God aren't you happy for God's grace this evening Amen. Right? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You know, I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve God's grace. But God gave me his grace anyway. And that grace comes into my life, not just to forgive me of my sin, but to empower me to overcome that sin. Tona, in a, in a, in a, in a thing of darkness and hopelessness, Noah finds grace in the eyes of God. Let's continue on to, to verse 9. It says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. 
Noah walked with God. And beloved, may this be our testimony in, in, in this time. No matter how bad things seem to get, no matter how off track, the, the world's seeming really upside down to me right now. I don't know about you, but the more and more I look at it, I'm like, what in the world is going on? It, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. I, I mean, just everywhere I go, I'm like, what are these people thinking? What is going on? How can people think like this? What is happening to the world, but I can tell you that no matter the, the way the world goes, that and the world was wicked and the violence filled the earth and, and people weren't thinking about the things of God, but there was a man by the name of Noah who continued to walk with God. And, and I don't care how bad the world gets and I don't care what people think about me or the way people judge me or the way people persecute me. I'm going to continue to walk with God. I don't care if people think it's old fashioned. I don't care if people think it's a throwback to a bygone age. I am going to raise the banner of God. I still believe that God's word is true. Amen. I believe that this is our only hope. I believe that Jesus is the only hope for this fallen world. And I believe that he is our savior. And I believe that he still is our healer. And I know that he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And I know that one day he's coming back again. May I walk with the Lord. May I walk with the Lord all the days of my life. May I not be skewed or turned by what society says right is right and what society said is wrong. This word tells me what is right and what is wrong. And I'm going to keep walking with God no matter what it costs me. Noah walked with God. Can you imagine in that time the way that he was probably mocked, probably figured he was an outcast, but he walked with God. Verse 10 says, Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Verse 11 says, the earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Now the next thing, if we continue on, and I'm not going to read um, every scripture passage um, just for the sake of time, but the next thing we see is that God commands Noah to begin building an ark. And, you know, I, I don't know what you think of when you think of that Noah built an ark, but, but this thing was huge. This isn't no little boat you know, this isn't like, you know, the, the boat that you and your buddies go out and go water skiing on. This was a gigantic boat, like a huge, a incredibly huge boat. Um, they have a place down in um, Kentucky they call the Ark Experience. And, and they have a replica of what they think the, the Ark looked like. But think, uh, uh, you know, probably bigger than this entire area in here just a huge huge ship and God tells them to to build it and the construction of this thing it, it wasn't something that they finished in a week this thing took 120 years 
to build. 120 years. And we also know that in the book of Hebrews, it says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. It doesn't really say what, what he says or, or the message that he preached, but uh, the book of Hebrews in chapter 11 says he was a preacher of righteousness. And I wonder how many people heard his words. I wonder how many people came out to see this crazy man who's out in the desert, who's, who's putting together um, this ark, putting together this huge ship. I wonder if it was the talk of the known world at that time. You know, there's some guy, some guy uh, named Noah, and he's out there and he's building this big boat and he's saying that, uh, that God's going to judge the earth and, and he's saying that we need to repent and he's saying that we need to turn back to God. What a complete whack job. How many people knew uh, of the testimony? Because this was a world, according to the Bible, that had not even experienced rain. There was a, a water canopy that, that, that covered the the atmosphere of the earth and it says that the plants and everything were were watered by kind of a dew that would actually come up so it would have been hard for people to believe that the earth was going to be flooded that there was going to be torrential rain they didn't even know they didn't even experience rain at that time and I wonder how many people were out there that were laughing about what Noah was doing I wonder how many people were mocking Noah and, and the building of the ark. How many people saw the testimony that God was building? But then there came a day. There came a day after 120 years where God says, time for you to get into the boat. Time for you to go in. And as they went in, it started to rain. And I wonder when it started to rain, what people thought then. Let's pick it up in chapter 7, verse 16. It says, so those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Who shut them in? The Lord shut him. It was the Lord who shut the door. And I think that's significant because although it doesn't specifically say this, I feel like if Noah was able to, to open the door himself, I wonder at that point when it started to rain, if all of a sudden people remembered what Noah said. They remembered his preaching. They remembered the crazy man that was out there that was building this big boat that was saying God was going to judge the world. And I wonder how many people began running to try to get to that boat. And I wonder if the, as the floodwaters were rising up, if there were people that, that were swimming and they were knocking on the side of the boat saying, let me in, let me in, let me in. But it was too late because God had shut the door. Verse 17 now the flood was on the earth 40 days. 
the waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth, and the ark moved about on the surface of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth, and all the high hills under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed 15 cubits upward, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds and cattle and beasts, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life. All that was on dry land died. So he destroyed all living things which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping thing and bird of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. And after a period of time, the waters would begin to recede and through Noah, the family of God would start again. And in a real sense, to his generation, Noah represented what Jesus would eventually do. See, the world became exceedingly wicked in Noah's day. And today we live in a day where the world has become wicked and filled with violence. When you can just go into downtown Pittsburgh and light a police car on fire and not go to jail, something is wrong. When people can shoot people in the head and not go to jail, something's wrong. The world has become wicked and, and filled with violence just like it was in the days of Noah it is today but in the days of Noah judgment didn't come quick people were given a message they, they Noah was a preacher of righteousness Noah preached a message preached that God was gonna judge the world preached that people needed to repent he was an example to his generation they saw how he lived his life how he walked with God they saw the the, the ark that was being built they, they saw all that 120 years even though it was filled with wickedness and evil God still gave them 120 years to repent folks one day Jesus is gonna come and he's gonna put down the rebellion the people who mock God and scoff at God and and, and laugh at God he's gonna come back once again and, and but he's patient right now he's he, he's allowing time he's allowing people to hear the gospel he's allowing people like you and I to go out and be a testimony to 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 a fallen world because in the Bible it says that it, it isn't his will that any should perish but all will come to repentance it's not his will but like in the days of Noah there's going to be those people that are stubborn, those people that are hard-hearted, and they're going to refuse the grace that God has given. And although God had to judge the wickedness of the world at that time, and, and He found one man that He could start over with, that evil 
could still be judged, yet the human race could still be saved. Remember the, the first gospel that was preached. God said, through the seed of the woman will come one. You will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And so mankind had to be preserved. The bloodline had to be preserved. The lineage had to be preserved. So God finds a way to judge the wickedness on the earth and, and, and wipe the, the, all the wickedness out that happened on the earth. But he still had people that he could start over with. The human race was saved. The, the bloodline was still preserved. And our sin, your sin, my sin, it has to be judged. But this time it wasn't a man that he found, but, but God himself came to earth. He, he took on flesh. He, he dwelt among us. And, and instead of the world being judged, Jesus himself takes the judgment upon himself on that old rugged cross. And just as the remnants of mankind were saved through a wooden ark, you and I are saved through a wooden cross. And as the waters of judgment began to rise and, and cover the entire earth and the ark saved them and protected them and if they were inside the ark they were saved and they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't face judgment. You and I when we give our life to Christ we're, we're, we're placed in Christ, we're placed in, we're covered in the righteousness of Christ, we're covered by the blood of Jesus and we are protected from the wrath of God. And just, as, and, and just as Noah became this new man that, that, that was going to sort of start again and begin again, sort of this new Adam taking his place, the Bible says that Jesus is the first fruits of a new creation. And you and I, through faith in him, who he is and what he does, we be, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you and I become a whole new race, a whole new creation in Jesus Christ. And just as in Noah's day, some, you had a, a small amount of people, right? Eight people that were saved and the rest faced judgment. When Jesus comes back the second time, it's going to be the same way. It's called the day of the Lord. And in the day of the Lord, there's going to be something called the rapture of the church. It says that one day, again, no one knows the, the, the day or the hour, but one day it says that the sky is going to roll up like a scroll. That, that, that veil, that dimension that separates heaven and earth is going to be split and the sky is going to roll up like a scroll and the Son of God is going to appear. And on that day, those who are in Christ, they're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. They're going to get a new body and it said the dead in Christ are going to rise first and all those saints that have went before us who died in faith, the body that's been sown into the ground is going to be raised up and it's going to be changed into a glorified body. And we're going to go up and we're going to meet them with the Lord in the air. And we're going to be saved and we're forever going to be with the Lord. But on that day, the wrath of God is going to begin just like it did in the days of Noah. They went in the ark and then it started to rain. We're not going to go in an ark. The Lord's going to call us home to meet him in the air. And then judgment is going to begin. And just as, in a sense, 
the flood was a cleansing of the earth, an incomplete cleansing, in a sense. But part of the gospel is, is the complete gospel is not just to have our sins uh, forgiven, but one day God will destroy the presence of sin from the earth. The whole entire earth is going to be redeemed. The curse is going to be entirely removed. We just have a down payment of the Holy Spirit. The best is yet to come. The best part of our salvation is yet to come. Have you ever wondered what it was like to be in the Garden of Eden? Well, I got good news for you, saints. One day, heaven is going to come to earth. You're going to have a new body. One that doesn't get sick. One that doesn't get tired. One that doesn't get a bad knee. One that your ankle doesn't hurt. You won't have to get out of a chair and be like, ah, just to get out of a chair. You're going to have a new body that's going to be strong, that's going to be healthy, that's going to be free from all sickness and disease. The curse is going to be gone. You won't have to worry about another election being stolen because the government is going to be on the shoulders of Christ. He's going to come back as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you don't get a vote in a kingdom. Amen. The curse on earth will be gone. There'll be no more war. It says that men are going to take their swords and they're going to turn them into plowshares. There's not going to be war anymore. That evil of the earth, the evil of war will finally be gone. The lion is going to lay down with the lamb. We're going to see the animal kingdom in a way that we never experienced it before. No more sickness, no more tears, no more death. What a day that's going to be. What a day that's going to be. And in all that, just a simple application today. Whatever you're doing today, get your life right with the Lord. You don't have forever to do it. One day it's going to start to rain. One day. One day it's all going to be over and it's all going to be wrapped up. And you don't want to be like the, the, when Jesus told the parable of the the, the ten virgins and the ones that they, they don't have oil in their lamp and one day the, the shout comes out the bridegroom cometh but they're not there they're not ready and so because of that they, they're left behind what do you got to do to get right with the Lord don't wait another day don't wait another day get, get your life right with the Lord today Get it right with the Lord. And, and here's the thing. There's an urgency to us preaching the, the word. You and I are called to be soul winners. You and I are called to preach the gospel message. You and I are called to be the watchmen on the wall. If we don't open our mouth to those people that we know, those people that we meet. If we're not a testimony, just like Noah was a testimony in his day, then how much will their blood be on our hands? When they miss it, when, when, when the church, when the trumpet sounds and, and the church goes to be with the Lord. Do you want to be there? And somebody said, I wish that he would have told me. 
I wish they would have said something. We have an urgency to preach the word. And finally, if there's anybody here that haven't, hasn't made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, I want to plead with you today, get on the ark. Get on the ark. You have an opportunity to get on the ark. Jesus Christ came, lived the life we could never live, died the death we were supposed to die, paying the price, dying for our, in our place for our sins. He took the full wrath of God upon him. Whatever you deal with in your life, he took it upon himself. Every lie you told, every sin you've broken, everything, he took it upon himself. Drank the cup the full way. And then he was buried in a rich man's tomb. And on the third day, he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. The grave could not hold him. He had paid the price for the penalty of sins. And he appeared on earth for 40 days and he told his disciples all authority has been given to me therefore go and and preach the kingdom of god and make disciples in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and he ascended today and he's seated on the right hand of god and and maybe today this is your day of salvation maybe today this is your day when you're going to get your life right with god once and for all so if I could have every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe we're all Christians in here. Maybe we're all saved. But who knows, that trumpet could sound at midnight tonight. It could sound tomorrow. We just don't know. But either way, none of us is guaranteed tomorrow. There's a lot of people that went to sleep last night and didn't wake up. And if you're here today, you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. You've never asked them. Uh, you've never asked for forgiveness of your sins. You never asked them to send the Holy Spirit. I want to give you that opportunity. If that's you tonight, you can just slip up a hand and say, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. If there's anybody here, anybody here. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are our ark. You are our strong tower. You are our mighty fortress. You are our place of refuge, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are not called to wrath. You took the wrath that we should have taken. Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to not compromise, to speak the word of God boldly, to not be afraid to confront things that you call wrong. Lord, I pray that we would not be silent anymore. Lord, I pray that we would confront the things that are attacking our children in the schools, the things that are attacking the, the sanctity of marriage, the things that are attacking the, the unseen and the unborn. Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength and you would give us the influence to confront the evils. Lord, I pray that we would have a sense of urgency in this, in this life. 
If we could just stand to our feet. We could just put our hands out like this, just a posture. It's just a posture to receive. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just come right now. And I pray that you would just fill us up. Just a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. And just as they prayed in the book of Acts, Lord, I pray that you would give us a boldness to preach your word. And that you would empower us with signs, wonders, and miracles through our hands. Lord, I thank you that, I thank you, Lord, that you are raising up a remnant. I thank you that these are the days of revival, that these are the days of the next great awakening, that these are the days of the harvest. Lord, I thank you for all that you're going to do in our community, in our families, and in our church. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Why don't we praise them together? Why don't we just go out with praise just one time? Why don't we worship them because he's worthy? Because he's worthy of our praise. What a day that's going to be. What a day that's going to be. When there's no more curse on the earth. Imagine the beauty that we have in the, in the earth already. The, you know, when we look out at an ocean, mountains, a sunset. The enjoyment, the experiences that we have. It's going to be even more majestic in that day. Because it says, even the earth is waiting for that day of the manifest sons of God. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Love is better than your love. There's no love that's better than Thank you, Jesus. How lovely your dwelling. final song I know there's people in the back and I know this may take you out of your comfort zone but just for three minutes can we just make our way to the front can we worship together 
we just come right up to the front. And if you're coming up the middle of the aisle, if you could just kind of make your way to the end so we don't clog up. Let's just worship together. Let's get a little closer. Think about that day. Think about that day. No more sin, no more curse. No more war. No more World War III. Amen. No more chemical spills, chemical water. Amen. None of that. A pure earth. No more military industrial complex trying to drive us to war. No more of our sons and daughters having to go to foreign lands to die for oil. None of that. No more curse. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No more corruption in our government. The government is on his shoulders. Amen. Let's worship.
Nothing much, nothing much, nothing much, nothing much. Send it over, send it over, send it over, send it over. Send me, yeah, send it to me. Never knew what love does. You never knew what your love does. Never knew 
what you loved it. It ran red, it ran red. Never knew what you loved it. It ran red, it ran red. Yeah. I never knew what you loved it. It ran red, it ran red. Yeah. I never knew what you loved it.
Jesus, the Spirit sets me free. So love does for me. I was lost, I was broken, I was grounded by the feet. Then you showed up like a lion, singing songs all over me. Breathing the breath of Jesus and His Spirit sets me free. Just with your love. I was lost, I was broken, I was grounded by the feet. Then you showed up like a lion, singing songs all over me. Now I'm breathing. This breath of Jesus as the Spirit sets me free. So this love does for me. You stripped us from my pain and both. Lord, Such a love does for me. You stripped us from our pain and bore our scars. Nothing can defeat. King, the great I am, the Holy One. Son is the heart for me. Nothing can defeat. That's what your love does for me. That's what your love does. That's what your love. Yes, it does. 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 Yes, it
Alrighty, boss. Set me free of my worldly desire. Set me free of what I can't can explain. Set me free so that I can 
Relay like a fire Set me free so that I can Change Set me free so that I can What's up, boss? So I can be changed. Set me free so that I can be lit like fire, be lit like fire. Set me free so I can be. Set me free so I can see away. Set me free so that I can scream and dance like you've been singing like you've been. Set me free so that I can sing a song to you. Set me free so that I can dance alone. Set me free so that I can be restored about you. Set me free so that I can become unchained. Set me free so that I can be changed. Set me free so that I can be remade. Set me free so that I can be restored around me. So that I can become a change. Set me free so that I can be restored about you. Set me free so that I can be changed. Set me free so that I can be restored about you. Set me free so that I can become unchanged. Set me free so that I can be changed. Set me free so that I can be 
Set me free so that I can become remade. Set me free so that I can be restored. Set me free so that I can become renewed, made whole again. Whole again. Set me free so that I can be unchained around you. Set me free so that I can be clean around you. Be trained. Set me free so that I can be renewed. Take it away.
See you guys.